Now, 8.07 nearly. Fireworks, as I said, mark the 20th anniversary of Hong Kong's return to China, but there were protests leading Chinese President Xi Jinping to warn against any activities endangering China's sovereignty and security, describing that as potentially crossing a red line. We're joined first by a reporter on the ground to tell us more. Let's bring in Isabella Steger, Hong Kong reporter for Quartz. Good morning to you and thanks for joining us. Good morning. What was particularly notable, would you say, about President Xi's speech? I think he took a much harder line than other people had. I might have expected on this visit that, uh, you know, we saw a new chief executive being, uh, quote-unquote, elected, and she is seen to be someone who is trying, at least, to take a more conciliatory approach. So it seems that... Um, his approach is very much uh, no conciliation, no remote sign of bowing down to you know what he definitely sees as um, separatist elements in Hong Kong. Um, and his remarks have been made by other people in the Communist Party before in Beijing. But uh, so far, we've really heard these words come straight from Xi's mouth himself. The gala that was carried out was done so under unprecedented security levels. What was the scene like in the end? Uh, I mean, it feels strange, like a city sort of uh, on lockdown and, you know, you don't feel that, uh, usually when a leader comes to town or or visits people, um, you know, there's a feeling that they want to meet the people, but um, definitely in this instance, it felt that, uh, you know, it was a a hostile situation. Uh, Definitely in some parts of Hong Kong, many, many barricades being put up, for example. Um, And, you know, there were some memes going around the internet sort of in the days leading up to this, showing how the contrast between during the colonial days when perhaps the queen or the governor might have gone down to meet people uh, in a market or in a housing estate or something compared to the lockdown that we had. Although we did have um, scenes of, for example, she's wife meeting with some children at the kindergarten, for example. So perhaps it depends which side you stand on and, and how you look at this. Often with protests, and we saw this ourselves in recent months, the weather can play a factor. Um, There was rain. Uh, Did that affect things at all over there? So the uh, ultimate turnout that the organiser of the uh, pro-democracy march that happens every single year on July 1st uh, was lower than uh, last year's, at about 60,000. Police obviously put a much lower estimate in for the numbers. But, uh, I mean, I would say weather is probably much less of uh, a reason than just, I think, uh, fatigue maybe or a sense of uh, hopelessness or a feeling of, um, you know, why are, we, why are we still doing this? You know, coming on the streets doesn't seem to be achieving what we want to. And also just a lack of a, a unified message, I think, you know, whereas in 2014, during the uh, Occupy protests, there was a very clear demand for what people wanted in terms of elections. And now it seems that it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Um, so perhaps uh, people feel, um, you know, going out as a sign of sort of resilience or just um, you know, the numbers are important. But certainly I think a lot of people have sort of dropped out of um, the movement, if you like, in the last couple of years. Mm. Well, what about the role of symbolic figures like the, the jailed Nobel Peace Laureate Liu Xiaobo or Joshua Wong, mm-hmm. who was at the forefront of the mm-hmm. protest in 2014 and was detained at the mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that the uh, news about Liu being ill has uh, happened around this 
time. Uh, I mean, Hong Kong still very much is, of course, the only part of China that you can openly speak about. Uh, people like Liu and um, other democracy-related issues that are obviously banned in China. So uh, it's important that people do voice out about that. And they did. You know, uh, early in the week, some young activists tried to overtake um, a golden Bauhinia flower statue that is uh, one of the symbols of Beijing power in Hong Kong. So that was, um, you know, created a good spectacle, I think, for the world to see that, you know, this sort of sentiment um, still exists in Hong Kong. But I would say, along with things like the Tiananmen Square uh, vigil every year on June 4th, um, you know, the participation in it is getting less, Mm -hmm. and the interest is also getting less. And as for Joshua Wong, he still remains very much, I guess, to the international uh, media observers, you know, the figurehead of this movement. But I think that, uh, you know, he doesn't command the numbers or he doesn't lead the movement in any way. I mean, he's part of a political party. But in terms of getting international attention onto Hong Kong, he's still very much the person to watch. Also, Hong Kong's new chief executive, the first female to take the post, was sworn in on Saturday morning. What, what are the, the public expectations around her, Lam Cheng Yuet No? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not high, I would say, but it's uh, better than the previous uh, chief executive that Hong Kong had, uh, C.Y. Leung, who was very much seen as a very divisive figure who just liked to sort of um, exacerbate tensions a lot and took a very, very hard line, especially against young people, um, ostensibly to, you know, please his uh, bosses in Beijing. Um, She is seen as someone who's a very, very loyal and uh, safe uh, pair of hands, uh, you know, very long-time bureaucrat, uh, civil servant. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, her job seems quite impossible. How do you, you know, balance the uh, demands of Beijing's hardline with, all the disenchantment and resentment in Hong Kong, especially among young people who just really uh, have lost hope in this administration to help them. Um, first of all, with like bread and butter issues like house prices and um, you know, getting a good job and wages. I mean, not dissimilar to in, in Korea, I guess, but also just much bigger picture problems that I think are out of her hands to solve, like um, political reform um, or getting Beijing to stop interfering in things in Hong Kong, like the judiciary or the media. I mean, to a lot of, you know, to some extent, these things are not really things that the administration can change. So it depends, you know, what went down between her and she and whether she communicated these grievances uh, to her bosses in Beijing. Just briefly, before we get a a, a political stance on this, uh, you said before that some of the sentiment has shifted that uh, there are members of the public who are concerned that going out in the streets is not really having the desired effect. So so would you say public sentiment has, has changed a lot since the 2014 umbrella movement? And what, what does that mean for prospects going forward? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, the umbrella movement certainly involved a lot of people, but it probably by no means involved the majority of people. Um, you know, you had a, um, you know, a rolling poll uh, during what well, happened, and about 50% at the end of it said they, you know, supported and, you know, wanted political reform. But, you know, wanting reform is one thing, and supporting the method of trying to achieve it is another. Um, so that's one thing. And I think another thing is just perhaps, like, apathy has taken over a lot of people. And, um, you know, perhaps one way that you can look at that is, first of all, the numbers and uh, these sorts of marches that have happened since 2014 have consistently been lower than before. And um, also 
to the second, you know, a very big topic of discussion is uh, leaving Hong Kong. Um, you know, I don't want to overstate that it's not like we're having a mass exodus, but certainly it is a topic of conversation, especially among young people. So I think, yeah, resignation is probably very much the mood. And of course, like among those who remain, I would say, uh, you know, young people will continue to take to the street. You know, certain type of young people, more radical kinds, might continue to take to the streets. But um, I would say that the mood is not like it used to be in 2014 anymore. And, you know, people keep asking, is there going to be another Occupy? Um, my personal feeling is that it will be very difficult, not mm. just because the feeling is different, but also because the security is much, much stricter. Um, you know, you see the government continuing still um, hearing uh, court cases three years yes. since uh, 2014. Uh, so they're dragging out this process. Um, they're making life very difficult for people who are involved in it. And, uh, you know, they're sending a message, you know, we're going to make your life um, very, very hard if you uh, take part in this. So that might be also giving a lot of people pause. Isabella Steger from Quartz, based in Hong Kong. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We go from the reporter perspective now to one of the youngest Hong Kong lawmakers elected last September, Yao Wai-Ching, uh, who was then disqualified in court on November 15th. Thank you so much also for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. It's my great honour to be here. And, and you gained fame for holding a picket with the words Hong Kong is not China during the new council members giving oaths of office process. What drove you there? I mean, the, the slogan itself is pretty clear, but can you elaborate for us? Uh, in fact, in the tra tradition of the legislative council uh, oath-taking sessions, many opposition camps legislative members tried to express their own political ideology in the section. And just before we decided to take such kind of actions, we have um, uh, did some uh, reference and some checkings uh, with the law, with the articles, and also the uh, uh, the legal, legal cases uh, since 2004, that is uh, Long Hair Learn Kwok Hong's cases. And at that time, there were no... Uh, basic law interpretation. According to the law, we can just express our uh, uh, our own statement and try to finish the off by 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 um, speaking out the whole sentence, speaking out the whole statement, and then to complete it. and And we did it at 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 the, uh, on on twelfth of October. It's generally considered that the Chinese government influenced the court ruling that disqualified you and your fellow lawmaker. How would you assess the judicial autonomy in Hong Kong? Uh, the Hong Kongers tried to believe and used to believe uh, that, that the judicial autonomy and, and their high independence of uh, the judiciary in Hong Kong but uh, in the recent years, when we are when we are looking about the cases in the umbrella resolution and also uh, the Monco instance last year, we can see that um, many uh, judges tried to uh, have some judge that were influenced by maybe maybe in their own ideology or maybe by someone that were influenced. 
uh, influence them. For example, like the CCUB government, but uh, it's just our own estimation. But it is, um, there were no evidence about that. This this idea of one country, two systems, can it? Is there a way that it can be sustained, or, or is independence from Beijing the only way to achieve democracy? Um. In my own ideology, I will regard the one country, two system as um, a saying that the CCP government tried to sustain their own rule towards Hong Kong, but not a sentence that used to protect the Hong Kongers. Because uh, during these 20 years, uh, many systems or many policies uh, were influenced by Chinese government, but uh, they didn't try to destroy uh, the policies or, or the or the structure of the government on the surface. But down underneath, we can see that many uh, ideas or many values have been destroyed by by the uh, uh, by influences from the CCP government. And so uh, we can see that uh, the one country to system model uh, is were a failure experiments uh, to the most Hong Kongers. And so if we are trying to achieve uh, independence, if we are trying to achieve democracy, maybe we have to find some way out. Um, and the getting independence is one of the ways that the people has been discussed and trying to have further elaboration of this course uh, these years. Mm. Just one final thought since the 2014 umbrella movement. I remember myself being in Hong Kong, uh, seeing all the umbrellas. I'm going back there again this summer. I'm looking forward to seeing how things are on the ground there next month. But but for you, do, do you look abroad and see... I mean, the, the way, for example, here in Korea, completely different type of democratization movement, but yeah. we'd seen years of protests involving tens of thousands of people, and then suddenly last year it exploded with hundreds of thousands of people, and it made a real difference. Does that inspire you? Um, And I think that um, if you're talking about the 2014 Umber Revolution, Mm. um, it is expected because um, uh, the Hong Kong has tried to get the uh, universal suffrage by years, and it were it was postponed by the CCP government years by years since um, 2007 and 2008. Many people were talking about that. But uh, just after the years, um, the CCP government told an excuse that the Hong Kongers were not uh, well prepared. And in, in the minds of the Hong Kongers, they had the values or they have the uh, knowledge about democracy or the universal suffrage. And so uh, it is inevitable, and also uh, um, just since the uh, failure of the umbrella revolution, many people tried to participate in the pol- 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 policy or the policy making or mm. the um, um, or the constitution in in Hong Kong. And I think it is a good thing for them because they tried to understand or they tried to. Uh, get themselves into the affairs and try to change by their own power, but not re- related to the others, maybe by the CCP government or yes. by the Hong Kong government. 
Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the line. I remember seeing your face many times last year in, in global media coverage, and, and we wish you luck in the future. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yao Wai Ching there, Hong Kong politician.